Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Tuesday the 29th of March. I'm Charles Firth. We're here with Gabby Bowles. Hello. And special, special, special guest, Alice Fraser. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm uh, very excited to be here. Been a long time since I last hung out with you. Yes, yes, years and years and years. Probably ten years or so. We're talking to you partly because you your show is on in Melbourne from this Thursday, isn't it? It starts yeah. on Thursday, goes all the way to the twenty fourth of April. Uh, then you've also got to run in Sydney fifth to the eighth of May, and in Perth on the thirteenth and fourteenth of May. Yes. So, so you're going everywhere, London, and then Edinburgh, yeah. going all the way. Oh, oh wow! And you're taking to Edinburgh. All oh, right. I mean, assuming there isn't a nuclear war. Yes, crazy. Why don't we go to a break and we'll talk to you straight after this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Chaser Report. News a few days after it happens. Now, Alice. Yes. What's your show about? Well, it's called Kronos, which means time. And it's sort of about time. It's about, it's set on a train. It's set on the train that I wrote it on. Uh, the, the very first version of this show, I wrote it on the train on the way to the first preview uh, at a deadline. It was a four and a half hour train from London to Glasgow on May the 7th, 2020. Oh my God. And I performed it that night and I have not performed it since. And of course, I've rewritten it many, many times, but the whole show now is kind of about the process of rewriting and the time and and what I planned and what I thought then and what I think now and how it's all set on this train journey and the train is a metaphor Aye. for life yes I love it the only thing is though that you, you can you can't stop the progress of time but you can stop the progress of a train as people in Sydney will uh, attest <laughs> Yes, yeah, certainly yeah. you can. That, I'm afraid, has been left out of yeah. the logic of okay, the show. <laughs> because the train is a metaphor and you cannot stop oh. a metaphor. Ah, right. they're very nice. I was okay. going to say, yeah, metaphors have no time for Sydney trains. <laughs> and so I still don't quite understand what it's about, though. <laughs> I mean, what is any show about? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You know yeah. what? I don't know what my show's about. Okay. I can tell you some of the things that it's about. Because oh, yeah, essentially yeah. it's about what I think, you know, and, yeah, and right. what I thought and what I think about what I thought and how time works and, you know, like. No, nah, I'm about it. And is the yeah. reason, I'm assuming the reason why you only performed it once wasn't because it was so bad that nobody wanted to put it on again. <laughs> I'm assuming that maybe COVID, is it? Yes, yeah, yes, no, it was yeah. It was COVID. I flew out two days later. I, I spent two weeks in an Airbnb because it was just before we'd brought in hotel quarantine. Um, I spent two weeks in an Airbnb with a police car parked outside and I thought, wow, what incredibly um, mm. good border yes. controls we have. Yes. And then I realised it was because there was a murderer upstairs. It wasn't oh. for me at all. So it was okay. Uh, uh, Wait a second. <laughs> Wait. You have to go more into that anecdote. Wait, so hold well, on. I say I, I, say I realised I was bait? told later. I, I'm not a, a deductive <laughs> person. I wasn't like a detective. But, um, had they, had the police placed you there as bait? Hoping that you'd be murdered and they could catch the, him in the... This sounds only, like a trip from hell. 
It was it was fine. It was really nice mm. little Airbnb. And was and, it was uh, it written up in the Airbnb description? Did it say? Oh, and by the way, there's murder upstairs. There's a murder upstairs. Yeah. No, I did not know until afterwards. Yeah. I thought the police car was there for me to stop me from breaking my quarantine. And did you did you mark down? The Airbnb on the ratings afterwards when you found out? Like, did you? Oh, no, of, a bit of excitement. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Colourful local <laughs> characters. You know, I'm sure there's a box you can tick in the yeah, Airbnb yeah. review. It would be. <laughs> you know, would you want more or less murderers <laughs> yeah, yeah. living for above? For fans of dark yeah. and gritty Danish <laughs> <Yeah>. cop dramas. <laughs> were they like a, um, like a run of the mill murderer or were they kind of weird? I never met the murderer because I was in self isolation. I only heard about the murderer and, and at one point the police uh, knocked on my door and asked if he was home, uh, this person, and it, I, I can't say his name because I'm not sure if he actually was a murderer or just a suspected murderer or if he is a murderer and got away with it. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, yeah, probably best not to sort of mention the murderer. You know, I can like. say it was a he. Um, yeah. because <laughs> I'm amazed. I mean, statistically speaking, uh, but they knocked on my door, I think, thinking that I was perhaps the murderer and asked if he was home and I said no. Uh, and then I said, also, <laughs> go away. I, I'm in self-isolation. And oh they sort God. of backed off a few steps. It was and, fun. And so have you had COVID yet? I have not. I have escaped COVID. Mm. So you've escaped COVID, but you've got a kid. Yes. You And you're going to be – or do you want to talk about <laughs> I mean, that or do you not want to talk about I, it? You don't get a kid by people breathing on you. No. <laughs> that was what oh, I really, thought That's happened. what my wife told yeah, me. Yeah, 20 years. <laughs> Been terrified. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, like – or do you mean like I don't have COVID, but I have a kid? The worst disease. Like what? Yeah, no, what's what, what's thin? I don't know. It's just like how are these two ideas linked well, in your head? I don't know. We well, never they know. Both, they just both make you really tired. I think that's why. <laughs> like, it's sort of almost worse. It'd be preferable to just have COVID and have to do a Melbourne comedy festival show. Well, I don't you, know. You've got to kill you. You've got a I mean, little you, child, and you're going to be doing. I can't infect my audience with pregnancy though. Yeah. So that's the upside. Well, Although let's... arguably getting pregnant would kill an eighty-nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then maybe we should just go back to the show. So, okay, the show's about everything. Like oh, what? In pati- what in particular? Like just... well, okay, so like I mean, like I'm not, I'm not. I don't quite know how to answer that. Mm. I, I'm very bad at reflecting on my shows. Mm. I, th- I think they sort of because they reflect who you are. It's sort of like somebody asking you to describe who you are. Yeah. It's sort of slightly it bounces between like high academic and lowbrow humour. Um, I talk about rich dogs like and death and Elon Musk and, you know, whether any of us should have children and the environment and all sorts of things, you know. Okay. Well, and so do you think... But it all comes together and then it looks like it made sense at the yeah, end. Yeah, and, and you leave... I've been to shows like that where you leave going, wow, that was so profound. And and then about five minutes later, you can't recall anything about how it all fitted together. That, yeah, well, that... so I, th- I like to write my – I can tell you what my show is like yeah. not, oh, rather yeah. than what it is about. It's yeah. like a detective um, novel. Okay. I write my shows like I write a detective novel. Mm. So I want people to come away feeling like they've solved it, like yes. there's a satisfying yeah. solution at the end of the show. But during the show, yeah. I'll just sort of say one thing and another and you're not quite mm. sure while they're there, but it's actually evidence sort of building up towards this sort of satisfying conclusion because I'm really into like the way that structure can yeah. build on itself and give you that satisfying feeling. But the problem so, is we already know who the murderer is, which is the bloke living The guy upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the next, You've spoiled it. The next show after this trilogy has completed its 
like run, I think you need to write the murderer upstairs. I really do. Because <laughs> you can make it anything you want, really. But it yeah. would be brilliant. It's such a great premise. I, I mean, it, it's a terrifying there. premise, but yes. Mm. And what's it like doing Edinburgh? It's incredible. It's sort of... I've, I've had a really good experience with Edinburgh. I know some people don't, but it's like being in a fairy city. So it's like a, an alternate dimension where yeah. for a month everyone in the entire city believes in art and money is worth nothing and time isn't valuable. It doesn't mean anything and you're waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and, and you're watching somebody do jazz. I'll give you an example of my first night in my first Edinburgh. Mm. I went to uh, like a mixer, like a drinks thing, and I got chatting to a Korean dance troupe who was doing an all-dance version of Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard. Oh, lovely. Right? Brilliant. Yep. Very, and then, very sad. Uh, yep, there were about four of them. And then a couple came up, and they were a Japanese couple who were doing a mime version of Macbeth. <laughs> and they were all talking to each other, and the Koreans didn't speak any Japanese, the Japanese didn't speak any Korean, neither of their English was particularly good, but they were all incredibly good at mime. So I was just there being like, this is incredible, and that was my first night. And it's all like that. It's all just completely wow. off the wall, amazing people mm. doing really weird stuff that you would never even imagine being a thing, and they've turned it into a career. Yeah, yeah, because I was talking to somebody who said, oh, no, the, the absolute prime, if you're putting on theatre... What you want to get is the 1 p.m. slot. That is like prime time for putting on a play in Edinburgh. And it's going, what is this crazy place like where you can just go to stuff in the day? It doesn't exist oh, yeah. in Australia. Yeah, shows, shows start at 10 a.m. and they go all the way through to 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and then there's obviously going to be some sort of guided tour at, to dawn. Like it's just there was a guy who had a baby whose show was you'd come to his hotel room and he did the show, but if the baby like needed a change or was crying, you just had to put up with it. That was the artistic premise of his show. Was like, come watch me parent. <laughs> Charles, I just found a genre for you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you I can love just it. bring your teenage sons, yes. and just we can watch yeah. them play and video it, games. And if they need their nappies changed, then that's, it'll be very weird. <laughs> it does. I mean, like it's so weird though, because like I feel like. <laughs> I've wanted to go to Edinburgh for a while. Like, I think before I even wanted to go to Edinburgh to do comedy, I just, I've always thought that Scotland and Edinburgh would be like a really cool place to go. But then even to me, because I've never been to Edinburgh, Melbourne feels like that. Like the last time I went to Melbourne during Comedy Festival, it it did feel like, oh, there's a show at midnight and time's not real and I have no responsibilities here. And I think I just ignored my emails for like a week and a half because I just, I was like, I'm in Melbourne. Like I don't... <laughs> Mm. Nothing matters. Email doesn't exist here. In yeah. yeah. Nothing matters. It's it's a very, I feel like that's exactly what comedy festivals do to you. Adelaide was the same. I was just in Adelaide for a week and I was like, I'm in Adelaide. Nothing's real. Yeah, that's sort of the festival vibe, but Edinburgh just sort of layers that over. Like it's like a, a thousand times, like a milfoy kind of treat oh. of just that to the ul ultimate degree. I'd and then also it. it's in this like incredible medieval city yeah. that was, you know, the pinnacle of civilization at its time. So you're walking around this city thinking when this was at its peak, when this city was at its like primacy, mm. you'd go 10 kilometers to the left and everything would be mud huts. Mm. So people coming to this city would have been like, it would have been like going to Star Trek. It's just like. They wouldn't have seen anything like so these incredible bizarre. constructions and the like beautiful castles and it's you know it's amazing and I, like I I can't speak highly enough of it. Also, you will lose all of your money and your health. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes you must get very sick it's if, you, if you're you going from ten a.m. to four a.m. every day. See, this is the thing. People get two weeks in and then they have a nervous breakdown. But I am uh, incredibly boring, huh? so I don't uh. drink. 
and I like eat healthy food. But if you're drinking every night and eating deep fried Mars bars and then two weeks in you have a nervous breakdown breakdown, and you're like, oh, Edinburgh's really hard. I'm like, Mm. no, no. No, no. You just went too hard. You just deliberately destroyed yourself. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Chaser Report. So this is the third show in a trilogy of shows, isn't it? Yes, so, not a trilogy. And and both the, the the first two, the first one was called the Resist Resistance. Is that right? No. So this is my second trilogy. Oh uh, my god! So wait a minute. So wait. I did Savage, the Resistance, and Empire. That's right. the Alice Fraser trilogy available on ABC podcasts. Yeah. Also, Savage is available on Amazon Prime. Um, second trilogy was going to be. And this is going to make me sound like an absolute wanker. No, it's going to be it. ethos, logos, and pathos. Love which it. Are the three oh, like fundamentals yeah. of Aristotelian rhetoric. Mm. Ethos, who you are. Logos, the logic or structure of what you're doing. Or pathos, the feeling of what you're doing. That's very loosely described. Mm. But I did ethos, which was my robot show, where <laughs> I did a double act with a robot. <laughs> it was about who you are and what is it to be a person and like does who de- who's delivering the line matter. Yeah. So that was ethos. And then I was going to do logos, and I realized if I wrote logos, people would read it as logos. No. So I did Ethos Mythos, and then I thought Pathos is a really sad show for a name for a comedy show. So it's Ethos Mythos and Kronos. Right. So, so that's what I. God, you're meant a machine. Do, do people right. like? Do people have to do their homework to to make sense of this show? Like, should they? No. Be, no watch no, no, your no. Ethos show on Amazon Prime. I mean, I beforehand? argue that everyone should always watch everything that everyone's ever done. But yeah, right, yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. No, um, mm. the show makes sense. In, and in fact, itself. is it it's better to you're... not watch it because it'll spoil things? Like, is it because we know the murderer? Like, do, is oh, it, wow. it, no. neither of those things. It, it's more like if you're interested in the themes, and then then mm. this show feels like there are some Easter eggs, and it will draw to a conclusion some of the arguments that I made across. Wow. All yeah. Wow. Three shows. Okay. So, so, so it will work if you haven't seen them, but it will yeah. work in a sort of a slightly and more satisfying way. Do you get you a like. PhD or something once you've completed all your shows? The- <laughs> well, that was the thing. I It was for me, it was deciding when I quit law, it was deciding mm. between comedy and academia, mm. right? That was wow. the, the call. And I decided on comedy. But I think there is a little bit of secret academia in me. Can yeah. I can I ask, when you're writing all of these shows, because I my biggest thing is I I kind of write sort of because I'm a musical comedian, I kind of write the songs and then the show kind of pieces together like a jigsaw. And I feel like at the end of it, there is nothing that I set up at the beginning that ties itself in a knot at the end because of the way I wrote it. But when you're writing these these amazing like trilogies, do you visualise how they're going to go first and then you kind of write the shows within that format? Or do you like just find the the plots as so you it's go? Because I write them like a detective novel, I, f- I start with the... F- how it's going to end or like not even how it's going to end but like where I want people to be emotionally at the end, like the feeling I want them to have, Mm. the kind of smart (laughs) that and then I kind of work backwards from there. And so then in that way the trilogy, if I'm mapping it out in the future, it's not 
like what the story is or what the jokes are or anything like that. It's just sort of what the vibe is. Yeah, what you want the audience you know? to do. Yeah, how yeah. I want them to feel, what I want to give to the audience, the kind of emotional, God. emotional thing. So good. I, and so, you, I mean, I'm learning it's so good much. in theory, but is it good in practice? No, it, Find it, out it, by it, buying <laughs> tickets to my show. <laughs> and And do you play the banjo in this one? I do, yes. I, I usually play like one or two songs. I'm not um, a musical comedian, but I have the banjo as a kind of a, a crutch, a I guess. When I started out comedy, it was so marked. If I walked on stage just as me, as mm. a young lady, as I was then, not a young lady anymore. No, not an old lady, just a lady doing <laughs> shit. Um, but I would get on stage and like Australian audiences would recoil. <laughs> Yeah. They'd sort of mm. lean back and they'd cross their arms and they'd be like, who well, do you think you Women weren't are? funny back then. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. dare you think that, you know, you're worth paying money to buy tickets for. Um, yeah. But if I came on with the banjo, it sort of suspended their reaction for mm. a little bit. They yep. weren't sure what to make of me. Yes. And so I got used to using it as a crutch, particularly in kind of, you know, rural gigs and stuff yeah. um, where you're kind of fighting this accent and yeah. the fact that you're a girl and I was young uh, when I was starting out. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of my like my little safety blanket now. It's still my little teddy bear. I don't need it, but I like, like to it. have it in the show. Have you found that audiences don't react as well ever since Scott Morrison cracked open the banjo? Like, <laughs> it's a ukulele. So that was a ukulele. Oh, was and that, I well, take that oh, deeply yeah. personally, the, the confusion. Well, what's the difference between, between a, a banjo and a ukulele? Well, you can't just pick up a banjo and play it pretty immediately. It's, pre- it's, oh, a, hard, right, yeah, it's a hard fucking got, instrument. Oh, yeah, because they've got like six strings or something. Rather yeah, than the banjo is bigger. It has the round body. It's got yeah, percussive okay, okay. elements yeah. as well. A ukulele looks like a like a, a little tiny guitar. little bad guitar. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's like that a tensy guitar. Yeah, it's funny. Point. I think it's funny you say that like the banjo became kind of like a blankie um, for you because I feel I feel very similarly mm. because the skill that I have that I've always had before comedy was piano. And so I feel really comfortable sitting down and talking. And what yeah. I what I didn't expect to shock me so much is in my show, the parts of it that are not presented from behind a piano standing up all of a sudden. I, don't, I It's like a switch. Like I got immediately way more nervous having yeah. to stand and deliver stuff. Like I found that I was walking nervously and I found mm. I couldn't plant my feet or ground my, like, and the moment I'm at so a the piano, armor, it's like, oh. Yeah, the, the, the banjo body, that round body covers it's, your belly and, and it, it feels just, very safe to hide behind it's, it. Yeah, um, it's a very but real, yeah. real, a real problem that I've got at the moment. That I like Stand I'm, with your feet slightly further apart than you would think. <laughs> it makes it harder for you to um, move. Yeah. And, and you, you feel more grounded. Seriously, like stand I, I, with your feet Further than your shoulders apart. Wow. Um, I and will. It also, it also it comes across as a more powerful stance. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. I will. I love this. Wow. This I'm learning great. heaps. I think I'm actually learning how to be a comedian, like <laughs> a bit after the fact now, but I'm you, glad. You should put your piano legs further apart. <laughs> they, as well. they, they cannot move, <laughs> they are stuck where they are. <laughs> Uh, if I move them, the thing will break. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is going to be great. I'm going to come down to Melbourne, I'm going to watch your show. And I encourage Thank all the you. listeners to buy tickets to Alice's shows. And, and if I you feel can't, like I saw one of your first ever stand-up gigs, Alice, oh. back in like, must have been 2012, 2013. When the, I was just starting factory. out. Yeah. yeah. That um, was, yeah, when I was starting out. I quit being a lawyer. Yes. I uh, was trying to figure things out. Yeah. I th- did a bit of work for you, an ill-fated little project, yeah. the, like deeply toxic dynamic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But it was like I learned so much from that. 
Yeah. Um, which is just like don't get involved in deeply dosing projects. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I no, because it, no, it, no, it was a gang of people who'd never worked together before. Yes. Mm. And it was actually like that was this like really freeing thing. Mm. But th- there was yeah, there, there got to be these tensions, oh. and I ended up being the person who was like trying to solve everyone else's tensions, mm. oh. which is kind of my role. But it meant that I didn't get any work done, and I was just like. It's not my problem. Uh, yeah. What I should have done is been like, it's not my problem. I'm just going to write some comedy. <laughs> but as it was, I felt like, oh, no, this person's got sad feelings and this person's angry and this person hates this person for no good reason and I need to yes. fix it because that's my job. <laughs> but it wasn't my job. No. Uh, but I found it really, like, yeah, really uh, educational. It, it was amazing because it was it, it, it ended up, there. I think there were about five people in the office and there were literally six factions. It was amazing. Like, it was yeah. Like, yeah. How did that happen? Astonishing. Like, the, Astonishing. Like, who's the other faction? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> and I still like everyone who was involved in yes, that. Yes, yes. But they're, they're I hated people. them together. Oh, together <laughs> they were terrible. Yes. Oh, um, it's amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. Such a beautiful idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the show is called Kronos. It's, uh, is that how you spell it? Or Kronos? Kronos uh, or Kronos? C-H-R-O-N-O-S. However yeah. you want to pronounce it is correct. The yes. Greeks are all dead. Not the real Greeks. Not the modern Greeks. The ancient Greeks. <laughs> the Greeks are all dead. So oh. you, can, you can actually just uh, look it up on moretalent.com.au slash Alice Fraser uh, or just Google Alice Fraser. I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, Melbourne, 31st of March. That's this Thursday all the way through yep. the 24th of April at the Melbourne Festival. Comedy Festival. Uh, then in Sydney in early May, 5th to the 8th of May. Perth on the 13th and 14th of May. And then yeah, all yeah, the way to Edinburgh in early August. Yeah. Yep, and if you can't, and if you can't, that's so professional, Charles Firth. Like, like I, that's I, that's knowing my dates better than I do. Well done. We do have them written down on a piece of paper. I mean, yes, but that's <laughs> better than I've done. You know, I haven't written mine down on a piece of paper. So you're next level. Oh, <laughs> and if you can't catch Alice's shows for whatever reason, I don't care what it is, but you should definitely catch up with her shows on Amazon Prime and yes. on ABC. And also, you're on the Bugle all the time. Aren't yeah. You? I am on the Bugle and I write for the news quiz on uh, BBC Radio, How do you whatever it is. Do and it? so, can I ask? Because I'm a bit confused. I thought you'd moved to England. So, but so, you're not. You're in Australia. So, what's going so in, on? So, uh, on March the seventh, two thousand and twenty, I did my preview for Kronos, and then two <laughs> days later, I flew home to Sydney uh, to do the six-week run of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, yeah. Perth Comedy Festival, which is what I'm doing this year now. Mm. Um, and then at the end of that six weeks, I realised I was not going to get back to London. Yes, you never. You went allow you. It's illegal. All of my stuff is still in storage there. Fuck. Uh, what? I had comedian friends pack it up, so it's probably all. Yes, <laughs> it'll be very funnily packed up though. Yeah, it'll yeah. be covered in jam, or it'll all be yeah. upside down. Like yeah. I just, be clown I've, I've, horns. I've let go of that stuff in in my like I've used my Buddhist upbringing to like release that stuff into the world if it exists. You accidentally Marie your own stuff. That's so um, wow. fucked. That's fucked. Is there, like, do you have... Like, are you going to go back? Yeah. Well, I am going back to do my tour. Yeah. I'm going to be in June, July. I'm going to be but then um, what, yeah, a canal boat in live? London because my daughter's godfather has a canal boat he's willing to lend us. What? <laughs> uh, and then I'll be, so I'll be in June, July. I'll get my stuff back and decide whether it's been ruined or not. But anything you leave for five minutes in London gets covered in mould. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's just a pile of like mold. Mold. sad... Yeah. Mold by now. We'll find out. You might have discovered uh, a new cheese. Mm. I, I may discover a new cheese or a cure for something. Yes. COVID. Uh, <laughs> You'll have or, it in your storage. Or I will be the next wet market. We'll find out. <laughs> 
Alice Fraser, a pleasure to talk to you. And despite what you say, I think your life sounds anything but boring. That's that, Oh, know. no, no, no. I am the boring centre of a very exciting life. <laughs> <laughs> Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we are part of the ACAST Creator Network. See you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.